Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that. To hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. Well, it is time for Faith and Life to connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, better known today as Snuffleupagus. Uh, yeah, that's that would be me. <laughs> Not feeling too hot today. So pray for Tom as we go through this. And Thank you. As we continue through Pastor Appreciation Month, Uh, We're going to be talking today about three essential keys for the pastor to thrive in ministry, and this is from LoganLeadership.com. We don't really have a passage for you today because we're going to be digging into God's Word as we go through this. That's right. So it's going to have several elements to it. So we're going to dive right in today and uh, just begin by saying if you have a topic you'd like to suggest for the session, especially... Now that we're in October and we're looking toward December and Christmas time, maybe you have an issue of faith or family or fun that you would like us to discuss around Christmas time. We'd love to hear from you. Just send an email to scott at risefmohio.com. All right, three essential keys to thrive in ministry. The first one seems to be the Captain Obvious, a vital relationship with God. But here's here's the thing. Who's helping you explore your relationship with God? Pastors certainly need a support system around them, too. And I have been blessed to be part of two different fellowships. One's a breakfast. They're morning people. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's the furthest away, too. I, I really have to get up early to be at that one. And then the other one is... It's a lunch time and experience. They're probably more evening people and night people. The prayer, the support, it doesn't matter in those groups, whether you're Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist. It doesn't matter. They support you and they love on you. And it's just so powerful. So they're out there. I would encourage pastors to do that. Now, why is it I know one of the pillars of heritage for you is pastoring the pastors. Right. Why, why is that so important for you? Well, it's important to me, I guess, because for one, I experienced it for 25 years being pastored by Ray Nethery. It almost felt or gave me a much deeper appreciation for the people who sit on my couch when I am doing therapy with them, because it, it felt a lot like that, and it was so supportive. He invested in me and help me keep my head screwed on straight for most of the time. <laughs> you know, he, he would always say a good name is better than gold, like the Proverbs say. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we talk about here with who's helping you explore this is praying through the Scriptures. 
Yeah. And we've got some patches, passages we can share to, to certainly help with that today. Praying through the Scripture can be very helpful. Here's a great example, Scott. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He lets me rest, and peace came. You made it personal. Yeah. I think that's that's the key to that when I read that. Lord is my. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the Lord is the church's. Right. Although he is, but the Lord is my shepherd. And any time in Scripture where you have an opportunity to do that, it feels so good to know that intimacy with Jesus. It's awesome. Mm. Another example, Isaiah forty thirty one was was a, a very important scripture that was my theme scripture through seminary. But those who hope in the Lord, I would I would personalize that with because I hope in you, Lord, you will renew my strength. And I will soar like wings on eagles, and I will run, and I will not grow weary. I will walk and not be faint. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's a, this reminds me of an old song, which is you know, if you've listened to Rise FM at all, that does the you know the word does that a lot for me. I I hear a passage of scripture, it reminds me of a song, but it's an old imperial song from, oh my gosh, like. 1978, 79, somewhere Whoa. back in there. Wow. And it's called the Eagle Song. Okay. And it's basically, they, they sing this passage, mm. more or less. And right. I, I have always been fascinated with that and, and was a sound guy for a group where they sang the Eagle Song. Oh, really? And it just kind of really reinforced that to me over the years. So anyway. Um, so yeah. That, yeah, my first little rabbit trail of memory today. Great. All right. So how about another one? Let's dig into John 15. Yeah. So if... You keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So, Scott, when we would personalize that, because I keep your commandments, you will abide in me. Thank you, Jesus, for that. My love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his. So, Jesus is saying there, too, that... You abide in me just like I abide in my Father. Oh, how great is that? And that word abide, mm-hmm. it just has real intimacy yeah. for me and what it really really means to, when, when you abide in something, it's a part of you. And you're a part, it's, it's a part of you, you're a part of it. That's just a word that's come to mean a lot to me over the years. When you consider it versus maybe some of its polar opposites of being alone. Right. How powerful is that? It it reflects such a deep connection. And for the pastor that is struggling today, abide in him. Yeah. You know, rest in him. The song that's out now from Stephen Stanley called Rest in the Father might be a song that you could listen to and meditate on and and just really abide in in the Father today. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're talking about three essential keys to thrive in ministry today. And the first one, a vital relationship with God. And the second one, our deep connection. So dig into this for us. Okay, Scott. So it's it's loving God and loving people. You know, there are some pastors who are just a hair away from being totally burned out that they would say, yeah, church is really great until the church members show up. I mean, that person's pretty toasted. Yes. And they're pretty ready to be done. But how about the fact that you should be loving people? If you can't love, what's going on inside of you? And and what does that say about your connection and your relationship with abiding in the Lord and in relation with them? 
and there's the pastor that maybe has gotten so engrossed in the study, in the doing, that they've almost become a hermit. And while study is good, taking it to its extreme as a hermit's really not healthy or safe either. And so if you are like a hermit, one of the sad parts about that is your needs, your belonging needs, uh, being accepted, approved of, affirmed, what happens to those? And I also believe that the enemy really is okay when he can isolate us. Then he begins to work on us. And I'm thinking that there's a very practical way to get around that now thanks to the technology we have available to us because so many of us now use laptops for things or Mm -hmm. our phones or an iPad. It's real easy to get out of the office. My pastor actually goes to a local library Uh and will sit and do some of his study there. Okay. The only problem with Mike doing that Mm-hmm. Is that he knows everybody? Yeah. So once he gets in the library, he's like, yeah. "Oh, hi, how you doing?" And then he, uh, you know, he spends an hour walking around talking to people. Yeah. But, yeah. Good for but him. But see, that is part of how you can still, you know, if you're feeling a little bit down. I know you have said in depression, right? One of the ways to to uh, <laughs> to cope with, to deal with, to conquer, is to actually get out and do something for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And because it, it how it feels is so good. And it returns to you, if you do it for somebody else, then you have a reaction to it. Because all those little Austin's and Osin and all those names <laughs> yeah. I can't pronounce start to work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about these connections. Who should these connections be with? Well, how about close family members who would pray with the pastor? Quality relationships are a must. And, and so that can be inside the church, but it also can be outside of it. How powerful is it? for your spouse to be praying for you in ministry. So the more quality of the relationship, and to some degree, those likely would be outside of the church, your own church. And more encouragement here for the pastor's fellowships. One of the things that Kathy and I are talking about in our next chapter is doing some intimate pastor fellowships at retreats, like in a, in a bed and breakfast where it's just about relaxing, it's about a place to process what they're experiencing, maybe some encouragement along the lines of of some kind of teaching, maybe some time of worship, where they can recharge their battery. Kathy and I just came from the American Association of Christian Counselors World Conference. Scott, there were 7,000 people in the plenary auditorium. Good gravy. Worshiping. It was incredible. Okay, so how does that happen? I asked Michael W. Smith the same question before a concert at the Ohio State Fair. Uh There were 12,000 at that. And I'll ask you the same thing I asked him. How do you get that many people to worship together? Well, they they do it on stage. And um, Michael Card. Oh, my. uh, Now you're going back. He's been there before. Charles Billingsley. Billingsley, yeah. He led most of the worship. Yeah, from New Song. From the stage. But when you're talking about 7,000 people, if you're sitting in the back and you look up at the stage, <laughs> that guy's about maybe a half inch tall. You could, you could tell maybe whether it's a guy or a woman, you could tell that difference, but after that, it doesn't. However, they do have screens about halfway back because it's so large. So it just was incredible to be a part of it, but it was regenerating. And that's what's so powerful. Is there, see, I always have trouble in a large setting like that right? to internalize it 
to the point of being able to to worship with everybody around me. I guess I'm I'm more conscious of everybody around me. How do you how do you do that? Well, because when we worship, it's between our God and each one individually. It's about us focusing on him. Now, he covers that in scripture, Scott. When he says make a joyful noise, that really counts. <laughs> So we shouldn't be so worried, you know? <laughs> okay, I just wanted to ask, yeah. it's, being a sound guy, I, by nature, it's hard for me to sometimes separate the worship experience right. from critiquing the sound of it and thinking about how is this impacting the whole. Yeah. And I, I catch myself doing that at church sometimes. If I'm not in the sound room... I'm sitting in the congregation, and I'm I'm looking at the stage. I'm looking at the monitors. I'm looking at the speakers, and I'm going, "How's that sound? How would I do that differently?" And I'm I'm critiquing what's going on rather than letting the experience. And I'm I wonder if sometimes a pastor does that. Oh yeah, I would think as well as if he have somebody sharing a testimony or scripture or doing communion. How would they have done it different? But what we want to recognize is we want to be allowed to just worship. And you don't have to be the sound guy when it's your turn to worship. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important that you rotate there. Because if you don't, then you the sound guy doesn't ever get any breaks and catch his breath. He'll burn out too. He did. <laughs> yeah. He took some time he took some time off. Um, okay, so we're talking about the deep connections that you have, and and there was a, a thought I had on one of the points that are made here is that having a mentor can be a normalizing voice in the storm. Right. Okay, so who can these normalizing voices be? We go back to the mentor. If you have a pastor of pastors, your own personal one, they can be that ability to calm the storm. You, you rely on them. They become, you know, someone you, you want to go to when you're feeling that way. It's the pastor who doesn't have that that really can be concerning. See, those, and those are the, the bivocational pastors, mm-hmm. the ones that work full-time all week long and then still have to care for a church and come in and sometimes are circuit pastors that may go to two or three small country churches out, you know, way out in, in, in the sticks you're right. every week. Mm-hmm. And those are the I think those are the pastors I worry about the most are the ones that they don't have time for that connection. How would you encourage them about getting that connection? There's a direct link between what they do and how they feel. You don't like how you feel? You might want to change what you do. I think that makes sense. Okay, it, it works. Yeah, and, and so to recognize what's making me feel the way I am, well, you know, when I, I'm so separated in in diversity being in various uh, small churches that can be a problem well okay who's feeding you because it, it is very difficult to have more than one church if you you've got a 9:30 church service in this town and 11 o'clock in that one you know what what does that look like when there's three feet of snow on the ground and there's one other thing I, I that I thought of as we talked about a mentor, you know, having somebody that you can go to 
that maybe is outside your spouse, somebody that is outside of the deacons. Right. It's somebody that can help you do our favorite thing. Celebrate success. success. Yes. And having somebody to do that with. You know, I mean, that's that's so much more fun than being able to sit in your car while you're driving somewhere going, woo Yeah. you drive off the road and into a pole. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's not good. That's that's probably not a good thing. All right, I need you to help me with this next phrase, Tom, because okay. I don't understand the term at all. All right. Collegial support is highly important. Well, um, okay, you got to explain what a collegial is to me, first of all. C-O-L-L-E-G-I-A-L. Keep in mind, I have a Big Ten education. That's I don't right. even know what collegial is. We haven't seen him crawl across your desk yet. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> it was a collegial. It was a collegial. No one, and, and I smushed it, and it did. Ooh, I think gross. the root word of that, Scott, could be helpful. Okay. Your colleague. Oh, okay. All right. And so you, you could say support from your colleagues. And now the Big Ten educations will understand. Okay, it. now yes, now the light just clicked on, and yeah, so you know, somebody with a you know that's in a Mac school probably got that immediately. But, you know. <laughs> uh, no, not me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so having so, so the support of colleagues, which goes back to that that mentor kind of relationship, having somebody right that gets you. Yeah, and I, and I oftentimes go back to Paul and Timothy, and Barnabas how they oftentimes were together. And when they weren't, some of his letters would say, how I long to be with you. Well, there was a reason behind that. And he wanted that, that fellowship and that connection. Right. You, one could, could also say this, Scott, that the 12 disciples were a support group. I think that makes perfect sense. All right, let's get to our last point today, Tom, of three essential keys to thrive in ministry, a vital relationship with God, deep connections, and lastly, live your assignment. Yes. The third key is live a purposeful life. When you do, it helps feed your tank if you allow the celebration of success. There you go. We've talked about emotional bank accounts before. Mm-hmm. There are people who are capable of saying, I don't need to be celebrated because I mowed the yard. Right, but what happens to your emotional bank account? There's no deposit in it. And so it's not going up. It's keeping it at maybe a rather scary level. And the first time there's a storm of some sort, all of a sudden you're in the deficit. You don't have a lot of resources inside of you to... Be patient and, and kind. But it also relates to something we've talked about before. We all have a relationship with ourselves. Ah, uh, yes. And, and Scott, in some cases, it's better than others. Yes. Uh, in other cases, we want to pray for them. <laughs> <laughs> so when that's the case, how do you treat yourself? Will you allow yourself to be celebrated? Do you hear good job? And to realize it meant a lot because people were impacted by it. People might come up and say, hey, pastor, great job. And you're going, yeah, uh uh-huh, thanks. And there's no connection inside. That's really, really important. That has been a hard thing for me. I mean, radio people, by definition, are people of big egos. You know me well enough to know that is not the case with me, that I'm actually the other direction. Uh, That's true. You know, that relationship with myself is not what, 
other people in this business is the Eeyore side exactly <laughs> there's me and Eeyore and he's sitting right there on top of the the uh, disco ball it, it has taken me a long time to get to the point where somebody will say something nice to me and it's been it it's been hard for me to say well thank you I had a lot of fun with that right and you know I hear it about the show I have there are a couple of listeners that will text me after the show tonight and they'll say hey really enjoyed that show well thanks that was you know god and tom (laughs) (laughs) you know but yeah look for that that way to to um encourage your purpose that's right we don't call this show the session by accident no there happens to be a couch right behind (laughs) me (laughs) so what would happen scott if you actually received that text well, then some of those little Ossens and Osens of yours will get moving in my head. Well, okay, then and what? that relationship with myself improves. Well, you know, that would be awesome. That would be a great idea, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take this to a more practical level. As a, you know, the pastor listening tonight might be saying, okay, yeah, you want me to live a purposeful life, but I'm putting in 70 hours a week. And how do I find purpose in 70 hours a week when I just, you know, when it's all I can do to crawl in and out of bed every day, then maybe it's time to think about church, the idea of a sabbatical. Yeah. And we come to this every Pastor Appreciation Month that we do this, but I think it's important that we take a minute and we just talk about what a sabbatical might look like for a church. How does it work? Yeah. A lot of church members in leadership, like the elders or the deacons, are not necessarily fans of sabbaticals and it's probably twofold one one is you know that's what we pay you for pastor you need to keep it keep it up and keep going that's what you get paid for well that yeah right my pastor growing up would say you know a pastor puts in a full week and then it's wednesday so that burnout is going to be hitting so here's another thought some churches are fearful of sabbaticals because when a sabbatical happens, their pastor never comes back. And, and so that's a legitimate fear. So there has to be some uh, calming and some uh, effort to say that this might be uh, helpful, that that you end up giving him some, some space and time. That becomes really important. Well, there has to be some de- defined amount of time and that in six weeks or three months that he's going to be back and that he wants to make some kind of commitment if he's going to take the sabbatical that he will be back. Right. Some kind of an accountability structure yeah. where where the pastor will check in with the chairman of deacons every week and say, hey, so, so here's what I'm working on. You know, maybe just share a little bit of what what is going on at the sabbatical. And maybe it is, you know, I, I just went out and I added to my library and I've been reading through this. Yeah. Or, you know what, I've been spending a lot of time in the woods. Uh-huh. And just kind of, you know, it's really recharging my battery and I've really been thinking about some things about what God wants us to do. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. some things like that so that the, the pastor still feels connected to the congregation. The congregation still feels connected to the pastor. But who fills the role? Who right. fills in? Well, I know for sure that if I spent a lot of time in the woods, it was because I was lost. (laughs) (laughs) I could go to the woods and never come back. Uh, Yeah. But that's recharging for some pastors. Yes. And and so, you know, for some, it's out on the middle of a lake and they like to fish. To others, 
they might be into biking. And okay, but if they don't recharge their battery, if they don't put deposits in their own emotional bank account, they will fry. They they will also lose that emotional connection, emotional energy that comes out when they're they're preaching. Their heart, we see, you know, their heart will not be as uh, what it used to be. Right, and then yeah. there's always recharging the marital <clears throat> bank account, mm. recharging the bank account with the kids. Right, you know, and there's a lot more we could say about this, Tom, but time has gotten away from us as it usually does. Naturally, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's just put it this way: as you like to be a pastor to pastors, and you want to be able to offer encouragement to pastors and and maybe there's one that would like to have a conversation with you how can they start that conversation well i can be reached at heritage christian counseling ministries.com thank you for joining us for this session you can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts you can find out more about tom russell at heritage christian counseling ministries.com